Welcome to episode 34 of the Ministry at Scale podcast, where we share tips and trends from industry leaders to help you multiply digital impact. Today, you will hear the inside scoop of how a national ministry has developed their digital strategy. What about you? Do you have a clear digital strategy? Well, for the past 17 years, 5Q has been helping ministries get results. That begins with a solid digital strategy. To see if 5Q is a good fit for you, just go to 5Q.com slash DGS. That's F-I-V-E-Q.com slash DGS as in digital growth strategy. It reminds me of like the, you know, we have Jack in the Box out here. And it seems like every month they're coming up with a new sandwich. You know, like let's candy bacon and try it on a hamburger. We think of those microsites a little bit like that. The, you know, Jack in the Box is doing that just to keep that energy, just to keep you, oh, what do they have now? It's not about you ordering that sandwich. It's just about you showing up at the door or in the drive-through. And we found being able simply to talk about these microsites and talk about this brand new experience gives new energy to a particular teaching series or up to a particular launch effort. Welcome to the Ministry at Scale podcast. I'm your host, Chad Williams. Well, today I'm excited to have Nathan Johnson joining us. Nathan is the Director of Online Marketing for David Jeremiah's broadcast ministry, Turning Point. Now, Nathan has actually been with Turning Point for the past 17 years, long enough to see some pretty major shifts in the digital space. So welcome, Nathan. We're glad you're, you're with us today. Thanks. Good to be here. So Nathan, first, can you just walk us through your work experience about what brought you to your current role with Turning Point? Absolutely. Um, thanks again for the privilege to share. Um, I consider myself, you know, to use the old baseball line, uh, one of the luckiest men on earth. I love what mm-hmm. I do. Um, so Chad, I grew up listening to David Jeremiah as a kid. Hmm. So I grew up in the middle of North Carolina and um, listened to David Jeremiah and Turning Point on the radio and actually got the uh, Joseph message series on cassette tape. Like I remember like the squeak of the plastic opening it up, right? Like the whole cassette tape, like, you know, Uh I think it was, you know, 16 messages. Mm -hmm. Um, I fell in love with scripture um, Mm -hmm. and God just used Dr. Jeremiah to um, help me fall in love with his word and to see it in a fresh way. Hmm. Um, so as I got towards college age, um, I had a couple choices. I could stay local, but the call it the explorer in me was like, I want to bust out of North Carolina and go somewhere. Um, so it was either mm-hmm. skiing in Colorado, or you can tell I had a real, you know, ministry heart, um, <laughs> yeah, skiing in Colorado, or I figured, well, I could go to kind of the desert, like everything just looks dead to me. But San Diego, at least I could go to Shadow Mountain Community Church, uh, where Dr. Jeremiah preaches every Sunday and is a senior pastor. And Mm -hmm. so push comes to shove, and I land in San Diego and have now been there for 21 years, uh, live there. So it's, um, again, I love what I do. When I got to San Diego initially, um, Turning Point saw a 20-year-old with Mm -hmm. perhaps some potential. Um, I do not have a degree in marketing. I don't have a degree in 
the digital space. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have a degree period. Um, mm-hmm. So what happened was I started working in the warehouse. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you overdress for the job you have and you dress for the job you want. Mm-hmm. And um, over the next two years, I was able to move, able to move into the creative space uh, first in the artwork realm. So I was able to pr- help produce a lot of the direct mail. Um, and back in the day, we just had these little banner ads for the website. That was mm-hmm. the big change every month. Um, mm-hmm. So I helped produce those. And then over the years, I was able to move into the, the marketing space where I am now. That I, I love your story. And here's what, here's what I love about it. First of all, uh, you chose the beach over the skiing in Colorado. Um, you must like the sunshine. That's, there you that's go. great. Uh, but, but you, you, you chose to work at a place because you really connected with the mission and you took whatever job you could get and, and then just proved yourself over time. And I think so many people, they, they, they come out of college and have this attitude of almost entitlement. Like they uh, expect to get a good job just because they have a degree of, of whether it's, whatever, whatever degree that is. And, uh, to see a person come out, work hard, uh, work with an organization that you're passionate about, be able to start at the bottom, if you will. And then now, uh, 17, 20 years later, you're, you're, you're leading a team, right. In the the digital space. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, to your point, Chad, to expect to come out of college or, you know, in my case, out of my second year after high school, um, and to expect much, just even now I'm like, that's not how the world works. Yeah. But yeah. I, even back then you just appreciate and you see people who are, um, number one spirit led, like Dr. Mm-hmm. Jeremiah is, but also an incredibly hard worker. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Jeremiah is committed to doing mm-hmm. the work and then mm-hmm. leaving the results to God, mm-hmm. but he's committed to doing the work and being a hard worker to this day, Chad the the hardest worker at turning point is still mm-hmm. i call him pastor but dr jeremiah he's mm-hmm. there more often you know he um he's passionate about what he does and he he wants to he wants to um spend as much time and make as much effort to make as big an impact as he can so i think yeah. you know n- maybe not being able to articulate it like that 17 years ago that energy mm-hmm. i think is very apparent um, that, and then you're right, being able to use, um, whatever talents God has given me for yeah. the kingdom. Um, I tell people sometimes like, I love what I do. I love getting to sell the message, if you will, to market mm-hmm. ministry, but I would not make it like 12 months at like bounty quilted quicker picker upper, mm-hmm. like after selling, you know, <laughs> sheets of kitchen paper for three months, I think it'd be done. Cause there's, mm-hmm. I'm sure there is a, there's a singular purpose suppose, but yeah. there's not that eternal meaning and purpose that comes with a job. Like many of us have. Um, yeah. and you're right. That keeps you going, that keeps you motivated and it makes, um, it makes what you do all the more worth it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think too, this is kind of a little bit of an aside, but there, we put so much emphasis on our kids to know what, where are you, are you going to go to college? Where are you going to go? What degree are you going to be in right when they're coming out of college? And I, you know, I have kids that have graduated from high school, uh, a couple that have graduated from college. And I, I tell them, don't worry about it. It's more important to me that you have a good, good work ethic. You know how to learn, you know how to think critically, and you know how to get along with people. 
those are so much more important than it is to, to figure out what degree, because most people change not just jobs, but careers seven times in their life. And, uh, and, and so I think, I think uh, it's just a joy to be able to speak with somebody who has moved into something that they're passionate about with the ministry that they're passionate about, seeing somebody who he can model himself after with the, whether it be strong work ethic and character and spirit led. So yeah, I'm, it's awesome to have you, have, have you here today. Well, thanks. Well, it's, um, you know, when you go to conventions like in the mm. ministry world that I'm sure many of us are familiar with, I find often, Chad, that you have these people who leave after two or three years and they go to ministry mm. after ministry after ministry. And mm. many of them, I'm sure, have very good reasons, perhaps life-altering reasons, which makes a lot of sense to move. But in my experience, being at Turning Point for 17 years, I find myself like, oh, I better understand the ministry after five, yeah. after yep. 10, after 15. Mm -hmm. you, you don't get the full impact of what you're doing. And I don't think you can make the full contribution until you've been there for a decade. You know, you got, yeah. it takes a while. No, that's good. So, so as you've been involved with the digital space, could you just articulate for us, how would you describe David Jeremiah's or turning points, their, your approach and strategy to your digital presence? Absolutely. Um, so Turning Point has always been a broadcast ministry, um, radio and television first. Um, and so that has always led the way for us. Um, so how do you take a very traditional radio and terrestrial television ministry and, mm -hmm. and make it digital and um, drive impact without, you know, um, compromising, if you will, your core product? without changing it or with, you know, uh, you know, perhaps even giving, giving away the store, if you will, for free. Mm -hmm. um, so what we've been able to do is we've been able to uh, just bolster everything that, that, you know, pastor has built on radio and television and just make it available. And I say interesting digitally. Um, it started with our website many years ago. Um, and one of the best things we ever did was bring it in house I realize mm -hmm. that's not a possibility for everyone, but even just the main part of it to be able to have a, have people who can work on it every day and who understand and who are in the building. Mm -hmm. um, and there's also that element of having, you know, a couple key partnerships mm. that together just creates this energy and this dynamic that you just don't get with a completely outsourced product. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I could name platforms, but that's not the purpose here, but we had a couple platforms where our website mm -hmm. was hosted and we call the East coast somewhere. Hey, mm -hmm. can we get a page updated? And mm -hmm. it didn't feel like a team. It felt yeah. like the website lived on the East coast and we're in San Diego. Um, and it, it felt very disjointed. So once we brought that in house, we really started to grow and we really mm -hmm. started to, um, be able to think in more creative ways. Um, mm -hmm. And we've seen over the years that um, our core philosophy rings true over and over again, that money follows ministry. Mm -hmm. So ministry first and then fundraising. Um, and, you know, we give the radio program out for free every day on our website. Now on our mm -hmm. mobile app, um, the television program is on the website. Uh, we've just started a YouTube channel that's going tremendously well. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so we've just found new ways to make the content available um, in strategic ways, um, and things have um, exploded. That's great. That's good. I know one thing that strikes me with you and some other ministries, there, there seems to be this, like, do we have one website where we house everything or do we have multiple websites? And I'm assuming, cause I scroll to the bottom of your website and you've got like seven other uh, family of websites. You've taken a multiple website, a strat- strategy. So, so just talk about it to us about how that came about and how you would, uh, how, how would you measure, describe its effectiveness so far? Absolutely. Um, so I'll call the main website, davidjeremiah.org. Um, that's the website that gets the most, um, has the most brand recognition, has far and away the most traffic. Um, and that website is really to facilitate the ongoing ministry through mm-hmm. fundraising. Um, we like to think of that website as the place where people can request products, catch up on the latest broadcasts. Um, but it's, it's really there um, to serve an audience mm. that is watching television, listening to radio, and they want to they they want to ha- they want to make a transaction or they want to interact with the ministry, um, and that's really home base for us. Mm-hmm. It's worked really well. The problem is that the internet is not designed to um, <laughs> to rank a, or Google is not designed to rank a website well when it changes every thirty months and nothing lasts very long. Like that's mm-hmm. not a recipe for digital success. Um, so one of the, one of the efforts we've moved into, you know, and it sounds like we're about a decade too late, but we started a blog and believe it or not, even a blog in 2021 is still super effective. Um, and we've been able to take some of our best content from the magazine or take some of our best content from other resources and refine it for a blog audience for that searcher intent. And we've really started to attract a really nice audience on that blog um, because content lives there. It's in that long form written content. And then we just leave it and let Google love on it. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, we, we um, tell our people about it often through our social media channels. Um, and that's been, that's to them, it's just another source of great teaching from Dr. Jeremiah. Mm-hmm. But to us, they're helping us build that blog foundation that we can then, you know, reach, um, organically just reach people on Google. And it's been, um, it's been a great tool for us. Like I said, even in 2021, it seems like blog is old school. Um, but you mentioned the websites that we list along the bottom of davidjeremiah.org. A lot of those chat are what we call microsites. Mm -hmm. So they are technically housed on davidjeremiah.org but they're different navigation, they're different page structure, they're very much different themed. Um, But what they are is they're designed usually around a ministry theme or a teaching series that pastor has. And we will drive everyone to go check out that site because it has unique content, it has unique audio and video, uh, what have you. And it serves as what we all know is like name acquisition. It serves as something new and exciting. Um, it reminds me of like the, you know, we have Jack in the box out here and it seems like every month they're coming up with a new sandwich, you know, like let's candy bacon and try it on a hamburger, you know, <laughs> everything is better with bacon, the, right? What's that? Everything goes better, better with bacon, right? So. Totally. Like uh, <laughs> sign me up. Yeah. 
But we think of our, we think of those microsites a little bit like that. And I suppose mm-hmm. when I say we, I should say I, mm-hmm. but the, you know, Jack in the box is doing that just to keep that energy, just mm-hmm. to keep you a, what do they have now? They don't, I've heard, you know, it's not about you ordering that sandwich. It's just about you showing up at the door or in the drive-through mm-hmm. window because yeah. you've like, you know what? I should check that out. Yeah. And we found being able to simply to talk about these microsites and talk about this brand new experience um, heavily themed, uh, very interesting looking, very different from what they typically experience at davidjeremiah.org has, um, ha- gives new energy to a particular mm-hmm. teaching series or a, to a particular launch effort. Um, and people really, they love to interact. They love to visit the site and oftentimes they'll share it more so than they mm-hmm. would just a regular, you know, uh, website. So just that the energy it creates has been invaluable for us. So we do have several, I guess you could say websites. Um, I like to think of them as the microsites are very temporary. Mm-hmm. Uh, DavidJeremiah.org is home base. And then yep. that blog is really our, I'll call it like our SEO foundation, our mm-hmm. uh, organic long tail um, search optimized website. Oh, that's, that's, that's super helpful. I think my favorite of the sites I looked at was the uh, uh, Airship Genesis, the one specifically for kids, you know, very creative, very uh, bright, vibrant, cartoonish. And uh, what, what I hear you saying is you're really, you're identifying the different audience, kind of sub audiences that you have, whether it be kids or those interested in Bible study or study Bibles, like the Dare, there you Jeremiah, go. Uh, study Bible. So you're identifying the specific audience and putting groups of content that's really created specifically for those audiences. And I love your description of a microsite strategy and, and your description of a home base. You know, the, the, your davidjeremiah.org is your home base. You have your microsites. And then social media. How does social media fit into that whole strategy as well? Yeah, um, social media has um, serves to amplify everything we do. Um, as many, many of you, Chad and I are certainly aware, organic social media these days, especially when I'm talking Facebook, um, has continued to decline. Mm-hmm. Um, but we still find what works organically on Facebook is a great tool for us because then we know what to really to lean into. So what mm-hmm. we do is we try to share everything on Facebook. Um, and we believe that it's almost the more, the more is more on Facebook. Like you think like, well, we can't post more than three or four times a day. Hmm. We don't see that. Mm-hmm. You know, if you think about how many times you open your phone and scroll through your favorite social media, three or four posts can almost get lost in the ether. Hmm. You know, that's nothing. Um, so we'll post, you know, six, seven, eight times a day easily. Um, mm-hmm. It's a mixture. It's a mixture of ministry. It, maybe it's a mixture of fundraising. Maybe it's video clips. Maybe it's um, other sermon content. Hmm. Maybe it's a special feature we have on the website, but we find just that presence on social media um, to be really powerful. And that what we do is we layer on that uh, paid advertising strategy. So for instance, whatever's popular organically, we'll then boost that on Facebook and then we'll try ads based on that. And then we'll see what ads are working, obviously, and lean into those. Um, But social media serves to amplify everything we do. And what we've also found is as those key channels get more and more full, for instance, email, you know, if most, probably most of you are thinking like, 
you know, my director always wants to add another email to the schedule. We can't email our people <laughs> three times a day. Um, MailChimp will shut us down. We have the same problem. So having a solid social media following allows mm-hmm. us to communicate more with those same people without having to actually email them. Mm-hmm. Uh, for instance, there'll be many times we'll, you know, maybe even just take $150 and target maybe a radio station that's getting preempted by a, you know, a fundraising share or, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. and target those people and talk to them. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe it's a ministry-wide something we need to communicate. We can use social media as an additional communication channel to mm-hmm. minister to people, to let them, uh, to keep them updated without having to send an additional email, which in today's world is very important. Well, you said several things there uh, that, I, that I want to follow up on. One, one is your view that more is more on Facebook. That's a fascinating quote because that really runs counter to what we hear. We usually hear, yeah, post three or four times at maximum a day and only have maybe maybe two out of 10 being actual fundraising or, or action oriented. So, um, you know, the fact that you've tested and seen six, seven, eight times a day that, uh, you know, more is more on Facebook. That's a, that's a great quote. I don't think I'd heard that before. Yeah. I think the tendency is as a marketer to, to see your posts on Facebook from only your perspective. Yeah. Yep. And all I'm focused on all day is turning oh, point and David Jeremiah sure. and what we're doing in the ministry. And then I'm thinking like, oh, there's three posts. That's so much. Like for most, most of the people listening here, you don't remember three things you saw on Facebook three hours ago. Like mm-hmm. we just, there's so much flying by all yeah. day long. Yeah. Um, I think it's the law of the seventh mention every day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Obviously there's a tipping point. I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, once every five minutes here to post on Facebook, but this idea that it should be three or four and then we're done. I have not seen any data indicate that is the best strategy um, because there's a lot of people on Facebook, organic reach continues to decline. And if you want to get any message into the hearts and minds of people, you're going to have to be a little persistent. Yeah. I, I, so the uh, two things about that one is the intentionality of putting yourself into the seat of the end user and realizing the end user isn't going to see everything that you post, even if, even if they're there waiting for it. I mean, like what you said, the way that Facebook determines what actually the algorithm they use to show actually show what, what shows up that organic just isn't happening there. Um, and so that's, that's a shift because when Twitter, when Twitter was new, popular, I remember there was a couple of folks that I subscribed to or was following that they were posting, they overwhelmed my feed. They were posting so much and I actually right. unsubscribed, but that was when everything chronologically was, was being displayed out there. And that's just not the case anyway, anymore. And so uh, number one is to listen to what your users are, have the mindset of what your users are seeing. So a user based perspective. And, and then, and then number two, being willing to, to, to keep listening and change as the technologies change and as your users habits change, that's, that's really good principles. Yeah. Absolutely. You, you also mentioned that you use the example of when a, like when a, you guys are on radio or television and sometimes your shows will be preempted in a specific area 
because they share a thon or whatever's mm-hmm. going on. Therefore, that audience can't listen to you right now. So you'll pour some extra fundraising, like paid advertising on the on the digital side in that area. So, so that takes good communication across your organization to be able to know specific stations and what they're doing and getting that communicated to, to, to your team, the digital team. How does that happen in an organization the size of, uh, of Turning Point? Yeah, so obviously um, someone, you know, heads up the radio um, partnerships. And so mm-hmm. we'll get communication that um, something's being preempted. And then we'll talk as a team um, and figure out what's the best way to communicate that. And most of the time is just how big of a Facebook communication do we want to make? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I say Facebook and I guess I'm interchanging that with social media, but nowadays most of our people between Facebook and Instagram, that's that's where they are. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we'll do is we'll just decide on scale um, based on the estimated reach of this particular budget. Um, how many people can we reach? How many people do we want to reach? Um, and then we'll just, we'll lock that in. Obviously recently with Facebook kind of organic shift, we can no longer target organic posts to different locations. So we have to mm-hmm. use paid channels. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I suppose you can be frustrated by that or just, you know, say, well, email would cost me something. So mm-hmm. this might cost me a little bit more, but it's mm-hmm. important that I communicate to them. And it's important that I reach them. And so we'll just simply tell them, here's where you can listen. And at the end of the day, we think about it as an opportunity because maybe they've never listened to, you know, the radio program, let's say on the website, we'll come check it out even better. Download the turning point app and listen there. Um, Little insider fact, Chad, more people listen to David Jeremiah more people listen to the radio broadcast on the mobile app mm-hmm. than they do on the website. Mm-hmm. So even these preamps are a perfect opportunity not to say one particular station is this side of the other, just say, Hey, yeah. you guys, you know, this today, you can't listen, but be sure to download the app and check out the, check out the radio program. Um, we kind of turn that into an opportunity. That's great. Uh, you, you mentioned the app. What? So, so... So a lot of ministries have ab- had apps out there for a long time, and we're definitely seeing. You're not the you're not the first ministry to say that. Hey, you know our our listens, our traffic on the app. In fact, I was at NRB last week talking with one organization. They're saying, "Man, if I could get rid of my website, I would. I would just put, send everybody mm-hmm. to the app." And uh, um, so the, the effectiveness of apps, specifically for radio, I assume it's probably similar for television stations as television ministries as well. Um, what are some unique features or unique strategies that you've used in your app to keep people coming back and keep them engaged? And do you have any personalization built into that where you can tailor the messages based on what you know about the folks that are in there? We do. Um, the app has been a, you know, past, I'll say two years, we've, we've kind of taken a um, taking it to the next level. Um, we used a, not a self-service platform, but kind of a, you know, plug and play platform to get that started. Um, and then over the years, we've seen that categorically, the more places we get people involved in turning point, the more mm-hmm. invested they are in ministry. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so if they're just visiting on the website, that's one thing. But if they download the app and maybe they create an account and then they start to, you know, um, have favorite messages or start to download content, um, and then they maybe get the magazine or they get direct mail. Mm-hmm. The app is one of those connection points mm-hmm. that it becomes more personal to a person. It's one thing to get them to visit our website, but when you put our app, when they put our app on their phone mm-hmm. and it becomes a daily habit to listen and watch, mm-hmm. um, which is the main focus of our app. Um, we were directed very early on in the, when we built our own custom app um, to make sure that it had a focus and a purpose. Mm-hmm. This app isn't designed to do everything. It's designed mm-hmm. to do something very mm-hmm. well. And we wanted that to be interact with the ministry through radio and television, listen and watch mm-hmm. Dr. Jeremiah. Uh, and we try to make that as easy as possible. That's the focus. Um, because again, money follows ministry. Mm-hmm. And we've even seen that with the app. People start to get engaged as many of us are. You know, we listen to something the first time and it's great. And then we listen to it the second time. And mm-hmm. now you've listened to every ministry at scale podcast, right? That's so y- yeah. you hook yeah. people and then they yep. keep coming back. Yep. Um, that's what we found with the app. So, and as far as the unique features, Chad, um, we let people log in. So that we have partnership uh, levels. So if mm-hmm. you're a partner, there's unique benefits like deeper archive and extra content, that kind of thing you can do um, on the mobile app um, along with some other things. But it's just a, it's a great, at the end of the day, it's a great watch watching and listening resource for people. Great, good. You mentioned logging in and giving the people to, to tailor their experience based on that. Is that login integrated with any other systems on the back end? Like if they set up an account on your app, is that do they also automatically have an account on your website they could log in and change their donation settings? Or is it that tightly integrated or not? It is all of That's the um, yeah, all of the login systems are centralized. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's no the website, the app. There's no one particular um, end use mm-hmm. that is isolated. Everything is, you know, <laughs> this is about as nerdy as I get the following sentence. So forgive me for the lack of detail here, but there's an API that serves mm-hmm. every use case. It mm-hmm. serves the website, it serves the app, it serves every other endpoint. Um, and so everything gets or get, goes back to that API mm-hmm. um, to be created and facilitated. So Yes, you're correct. When you log in, when you go to the website, it's the same login. If you create it one place, it exists the other place, uh, et cetera. That's great. And again, that's coming from looking at it from an end user perspective and realizing that from an end user, it's so frustrating to have multiple logins for the same organization. And now you can just have yes. one, control everything. And uh, um, and it helps your customer service. When somebody calls with a question, have one place they can understand, uh, see who that is. So that's uh, that, that's great that you have that level of, of integration. And that probably would not have happened unless you did what you said, you know, bring everything in house where everything you can see how the different pieces of the ministry, both online and offline, need to talk with each other. You may bring in outside experts to help specific areas, but taking ownership for it inside the ministry is, is, is probably one of the keys for you to be able to do that well. Yeah, it's to me, it's getting serious about this aspect of ministry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you, you know, um, believe this is important, then I think you hire to that need. Um, and for us, our experience has always been that um, someone coming in every day 
working only for Turning Point and thinking about our digital presence has, um, God has really blessed that and having that singular focus, um, you know, there's a lot of talk right now about like work from home and how that interacts. So, and I find that there's just that dynamic of being around people, um, oftentimes in the office, you know, that it just serves to better the ministry communications easier. You can say the same thing in multiple channels. Um, and that has been really having people dedicated to the website on staff, um, is as a key part of that. Oh, that's great. That's good. So, so let's talk about how your digital presence has grown over the years and specifically scaled. We've talked a little bit about how you scaled the back-end part of it. What are some of the things that you've done to scale the, just the ministry impact that you're having that you can share that others can learn from? Sure. Um, yeah, I was recalling the other day, um, God has blessed us tremendously. Um, since we first started, we've seen, you know, 10 X 20 X growth in a lot of key areas. Um, and I think there's an, I think there's a number of factors that play into that. Um, I think from a, a ministry wide perspective, I think just having simply having a focus on this is a core part of what we do and not being mm. afraid of that. Um, it sounds simple, but it's looking at every piece and saying, are we providing a way to do this digitally? Mm-hmm. You know, on mm-hmm. the, um, I started my career turning point on uh, close to the beginning on the artwork side. Mm-hmm. And so I did direct mail and there's always that tension of like, Oh, do we put the website on there? Because if we can't track it and then the website gets credit. But if you think about ministry as a whole, that's right. You know, tracking is difficult. Yes. You're never going to get, <laughs> you're never going to track everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but a rising tide lifts all ships, right? Mm-hmm. So the idea being put the website on there and let people make, make that easy. Mm-hmm. Um, a simple outworking of that is we have a page. I would encourage everyone to do this. We have a page every month. Um, it's advertised in the magazine. It's davidjeremiah.org slash June or slash July mm-hmm. slash August. And all that is, is a very simple list of product, short description requests now. Hmm. Just creating like strip away all the hurdles, strip away all the Mm -hmm. extra links. You know, it's super simple. It's not like super slick landing page. I just gave you the URL, check it out. Mm -hmm. But that page, that page converts very well Hmm. and it serves a very particular purpose. And frankly, that's a great way for us to know uh, in a small way, what kind of impact the magazine is having. Um, So it's been things like that where we think about it on purpose yeah. Um, that has been huge for us. Um, the other thing I'll say is once we started dedicating staff to it, um, mm-hmm. so it, you know, digital is not the also ran. It's mm-hmm. not like you do the important stuff and you also work on the website. No, the mm-hmm. website is a key part of what we do. So let's staff accordingly and let's make that their yeah. sole focus. It's amazing when you give talented people the space and the opportunity to focus on a website or on an app or on a, you know, any other digital platform, what can happen? Um, that, that focus is key. I love that focus and, um, and then being intentional about having what I heard you say is 
digital needs to have a presence at the table. They need to be present yeah. at the table, asking the question, how are we going to implement this? Or what can we do to amplify this in the digital space? And to do that, they need to, the digital team needs to be knowing what's going on, conversations. And so even at the highest level in the organization, having somebody who's thinking digital all the time to be able to, 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 to bring that about. So uh, that's, yeah, that's, that's really good. So, so as you've grown, as you scaled, I'd, I'd love for our listeners to hear Nathan, just, just, uh, just a, a testimony, a story, or who can you think of that, you know, has been impacted by, by uh, davidjeremiah.org in their digital presence? Yeah. Um, I was actually sharing with the, the team this morning. Uh, we have a weekly team meeting that mm-hmm. we've seen a shift because we get an email from our customer service department that goes uh, to the staff of testimonies. And over the last, even the last two years, believe it or not, it has become more and more digitally focused. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we had, we had a gentleman write in and he was 22. Um, and he's like, you know, <laughs> he starts out his letter with like, I know this, you know, might sound odd, but I discovered your app. Mm-hmm. So you just think about that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, this guy heard about David Jeremiah. And the first thing he did was not find us on the radio. He didn't surf the TV guide. Mm-hmm. He didn't look for a catalog. He didn't go to the bookstore. He went to the, the play store, the app store, depending on the platform you're on and typed in David Jeremiah. And he found the app. And he said, since then, he's going to college. He said, since then, every day, I haven't missed a day. Hmm. And I've listened every single day to the radio broadcast. Hmm. And that just, that thrilled my heart because that's exactly what we want for people. Um, that is ministry at its best when we yeah. can, when we can enable the teaching of Dr. Jeremiah to be available. So whatever yeah. platform comes to your mind first, yeah. when you think of finding David Jeremiah's teaching, we're there. Mm-hmm. And for mm-hmm. this 22 year old college student, that was the, that was the, uh, the play store to download yeah. the mobile app. Yeah. And, uh, we were able to reach him. That, yeah, that's, that's great. I love hearing the stories of, of lives being changed, lives being impacted. I mean, how many 22-year-old college students would listen to David Jeremiah or a Bible teaching ministry like that and uh, right. unless the Spirit's drawing them? So, yeah. And the other, how, the other thing, yeah, Chad, ahead. is we, we think about this, and as you were saying that, I'm often reminded that at Turning Point, we think about ministry as just as important as a Disney movie or a Netflix show mm. or a whatever. So we don't pretend we're that good yet, but we mm-hmm. always strive to, for our stuff to look just as good and mm-hmm. for it to work just as well and for it to be just as smooth. Because mm-hmm. if it's, you know, if it's, if it had, if it could potentially have an eternal impact, then we yeah. need to make it as efficient and effective and as, um, you know, just as good as anything else out yeah. there in the world bring in excellence, excellence yes. in everything that you do. You know, I think, I think of the, the verse in first Corinthians where Paul says, whether you eat or drink, no matter any, no matter what you do, doing all to the glory of God. And I think bringing excellence to our work is one way we can do that. And uh, Amen. yeah, that's, that's really good. Um, how, you know, as, as you're reaching new people, 
And you mentioned, you know, you want to be on all the different platforms so people can find you at the same time, especially in the social media space, something's being, seems like something's being rolled out every five minutes, you know, whether it's TikTok or whatever it is, how do you as a ministry determine where, (laughs) where to focus and put your resources and which ones not to? So how do you, how do you determine that? Yeah. Um, I'm sure many of us already think this way, Chad, but for us, we can't continue to do what God has called Dr. Jeremiah to do. We can't enable him unless the, you know, the resources are in place. Mm -hmm. So for us, the foundation of everything we do is, um, is providing a good fundraising foundation. Um, we do the work, God provides the increase, but we need to do the work. Mm-hmm. So that starts with the website that starts with a great email outreach. Those two mm-hmm. pieces need to be intact and they need to be the foundation of every digital presence because social media is great to layer on that. A mobile mm-hmm. app is great to layer on that. But if it's a small team, if I was starting over with a small team, we would do a website that was mobile mm-hmm. responsive mm-hmm. and we would do an email uh, program, if you will, those are foundational to supporting ministry, to doing ministry well. You can have an app, you can have a um, a great social media out, you know, outlet, but those aren't going to support staff and support continued outreach. And for mm-hmm. us, support new radio and new television mm-hmm. opportunities as they come down the line. Um, so it all begins for us with, you know how does this help us reach more people? And a part of that equation is the fundraising element. So for us, you know, will this help us fundraise to reach more people? And the website and email are number one and one a, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. in that, in how I think about it, everything else is a nice to have. Mm -hmm. Um, it's important, but we, you can't be everywhere, no matter how big your staff is, you have to pick. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's part of how we pare down opportunities. So, and so, I mean, not all of your fundraising comes through Facebook. Correct. And, and so I'm just tying back to what you said about your overall strategy. Your website is your home base. Your email is the primary outreach from that home base. And then all of your different outposts, if you will, from your microsites to your social media that layer on top of that. Yeah, yeah that's, that's really good. And it's, it sounds, it might sound old school. Like we're talking about email these days, but it still works Yeah, absolutely. really, really well. Email's yeah. not dead yep. announcement. Yep. You don't, don't give up on email. Don't give up on direct mail. Don't give up on a website. It yep. still works very, very well. It's so true. It's easy for us to overlook really, really what you described as the foundation. You've got to make sure that your foundation is set solid before you start looking at things that are shiny. Exactly. And, uh, um, Nathan, what's one blog or book or resource that you've read recently that has impacted you that you can share with our audience? Yeah. Um, I love reading. Um, Kindle's my favorite. It's my uh-huh. favorite way to read. Yeah. Um, Recently, my dad introduced me to a book. Um, some of you are probably familiar with Matt Chandler. He wrote a book a couple of years ago called The Explicit Gospel. Um, it's not a it's not a marketing book. 
Um, but for me, it is such a powerful, powerful reminder of what's at stake for our marketing and what's at stake mm. for making sure our message gets out there. Mm-hmm. Um, when you realize that eternity is at stake and mm. when you're struck with just the scope and the scale and the, um, what God did for us and what mm-hmm. he is rescuing us from, um, mm-hmm. it's just a, it's an overwhelming thought mm-hmm. and it makes what, you know, what we do every day, even more urgent and important. Mm-hmm. Um, so reminding yourself of, uh, of the foundation of everything we do. And perhaps, you know, no matter, no matter where you are in the ministry world, what we all agree on, the gospel is, is the root out of which everything else grows. Um, yeah. and so yeah. being reminded of that for me lately has been better than any single tactic. Um, you know, cause once you have that, that re-solidifies my purpose, that's like, okay, I can do, I can, I can, you know, have the long meeting. I can work the long day. I can you know, work the long week, whatever, um, because I know this matters. And that's, uh, that's been, that's been incredibly motivating for me. I love that. I mean, really what you just said is, is start with your why, why is it that we're doing what we're doing? And it goes back to the gospel. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, I don't think I, well, I know I haven't read um, Chandler's book on on the explicit gospel. So uh, I'll have to look that one up. Great. Yeah. Nathan, thanks so much for joining us and uh, sharing uh, some of your wisdom for 17 years with uh, with David Jeremiah's ministry and your the opportunities and the strategy that you built there over the years. If somebody wants to contact you directly and just pick your brain more, or uh, just have other questions about the way you do things, how is the best way for them to do that? Sure. Um, my email is the best way. Um, our, our corporate format is first initial, last name. So it's njohnson at okay. davidjeremiah.org. Um, you can reach me there directly. Perfect. Well, that, the, the book you mentioned, Explicit Gospel, any other references, all those will be available in the show notes for those who are listening. And I just want to say thank you again for joining us today, Nathan. Really, really good stuff. Absolutely. My pleasure. Nathan just shared with us some great foundational principles for scaling your digital presence. That starts with a solid digital strategy. What about you? What's your digital strategy? Is it working? If you need help developing a digital strategy for your ministry, or if you're stuck and need some creativity and inspiration, just let us know. Visit 5q.com slash DGS to find out more. That's F-I-V-E-Q.com slash DGS as in digital growth strategy. We look forward to connecting with you there. And as always, thank you so much for listening to the Ministry of Scale podcast.